and um, licensed it out to Entrepreneur on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So literally on the exact same platform, the, the exact same content, just got literally just copied and pasted it and made it back. Wow. Yes, sir. Oh, and you ready to pod, bro? Yo, can't believe we lost to the Pistons, man. Jeez. That's like, we always lose to Dwayne Casey. Remember Dwayne Casey when he bro, coached us? When was that? I don't even know. Before, like, so, so he got fired. Then Nick Nurse got promoted. Then we got Kawhi. Yeah. So Nick Nurse was the assistant. It was the assistant oh, to Dwayne yeah. Casey. Then <clears throat> Casey got right. sacked, and then Nick Nurse took his job. Then we won the championship. Like, just take that in, bro. You build up this program. I Dwayne yeah, Casey. bro. And there's this whole thing about black coaches in the NBA. It's like they always do like the groundwork, like the nitty gritty. They build up the whole squad, and then you know, once the team gets to like a championship level, they get they, they bring fire. it like a, they fire him. They bring like another white coach to like finish the job. He gets all the credit. Example: Steve Kerr. Uh, Warriors, Mark Jackson, he made Clay and Steph, Steph. Like, he kind of put that confidence in them. Team was trending. They fire him. Boom. Steve Kerr gets the job. Warriors start the dynasty. And think about it. All all black coaches, they always get the shitty jobs. Like, the worst teams. They always get rebuilding situations. (laughs) Dwayne Casey went to Detroit. Bickerstaff. Uh, who's another word? Uh, John Silas in Houston. I know you don't know these guys, but yeah, bro, they always get like the bad in the stake. And then taking a guy like Steve Nash, never coached in the league before, then guess the New Jersey, the, the Brooklyn Nets job with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Oof, wow. Do you think, do you think an uncoached, Super unproven team. coach, black coach would get such a position like that? Like, you've been given the keys to a Ferrari and you can't drive it like a Toyota. That's, that's what it is. You know? Yeah. That's a, yeah. Nah, most definitely not. It's funny you mentioned that Kayla Gray, shout out to Kayla Gray. We should get her on the pod. Shout out to Kayla Gray. Yeah. She's out here representing. Dwayne, Dwayne Casey is now eight and three against the Raptors since being fired. A combined five and oh, over the last two seasons, it's been personal. Yep. You know and you know the thing is, Dwayne Dwayne yeah. was mad when Nick Nurse didn't even reach out to him to like after he got fired, never spoke to him, never say, "Hey, Dwayne, man, so sorry you got fired" or anything like that. He just kept it moving, right? So take wow. it in, yeah, like not even say, "Man, sorry you hear that." I know I'm taking over. He just kind of took over and never said anything to Dwayne. So it's been personal, and I'm kind of happy for Dwayne Casey, man, because. I was like, I loved uh, Dwayne Casey. Gave like good quotes after the media. I always liked his media, his media stuff. You know, uh, he was like a pops to me, bro. Like I was like, wow, like the way he spoke, just like it's like, yo, that's pops. And yet, oh, he had that like pops thing, just like Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil, motivator, young, you know, building old up. Bill Cosby. Yeah, had the pops walk too, you know, like just got everything. You. Got you, got you. <laughs> But one thing we are not is a sports podcast. You get what I'm saying? So let's get into the thick of it, bro. Welcome back to the Hustle Over Everything podcast. This is a podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have 
done it. Today, we have a podcast where we're breaking down the top four trends for 2022 when it comes to marketing. We're talking about four trends in marketing specifically today, guys. But first, yo, Owen, what's good with you, bro? What's popping? How you doing? It's Friday night and I feel all right. Right? That's how I'm feeling right now. The party's here on the west side. So I hit for my 40 and I give it up. Yo, Alex, you know what? For me to be this happy after what I've just gone through the past 20 minutes is actually a revelation, bro. Guys, if you're podcasting and you're trying to set up a a webcam, once you set set it up once, make sure never to change the settings. Or maybe even just write down the steps because right now it might look like a bean if you see this video. I look so grainy, but you know what? I'm going to keep thugging it out. But... You know, we're here, lockdown season, we're potting, no one's taking food off our table, we're coming after you, every podcaster out there. <laughs> you just sending shots to, okay? Yo, we're coming for you. And this is, this is, this is okay. what Jordan did when, he wants, when he's competitive, right? He'd make up stories just to get himself gassed up, man. So that's what I'm doing. But yo, Al, how are you doing, man? How's, how's Alex Witter, man? How's your week been? Man, it's been a, a very eventful week, most definitely. I got to tell you something. It's funny. We talked about calendars um, last oh, no pod, a few pods back. Someone disrespected um, the winner? Talk to me. No, nah, honestly, I disrespected somebody else's calendar. And I'm like, as that clip is going around, I'm like, man, I got to come clean and, and talk to like you about fraud? like, bro. I don't know what I, she did. I didn't feel like a fraud. But I definitely hit like an all time low. Damn. You know, it was a desperate. I hit like Nah, I wasn't I wasn't desperate, but I hit an all time low. I was embarrassed. Jeez. So bro, I was double booked for a meeting, man. And I pulled up to the meeting like forty five minutes late. What? Yeah. For- bro. Oh my god. That bro, is it was it was it was my all time low. In Swahili, like when you say someone disrespects you like that, they say so madarao means like you're showing me mad disrespect like it's it's like the equation of you're trying to spell on my face when you when you pull stunts like that it's like you do not care who i am the time i have it's like you think you can still walk and prance in here that's what it is right so yeah it was so what happened 45 minutes man that's huge bro Bro, it was I. I totally blanked on the meeting, and it was just like my worst thing. I, I'm like, say like saying that begrudgingly, just admitting it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like just being transparent with y'all and, and transparent with the audience. Yeah. You know, that was my worst, like my all time low. Bro, the girl that I had the meeting with was so vexed. She started like changing her her background. Like she just started changing her her Zoom background repeatedly, and she's like, <laughs> just like pushing the button over and over and over and over. And over. Why is she changing was, her background? Because she was just she didn't she she didn't know how to place her energy, so she was like like f- so flustered and angry that she didn't know where to place her energy. So she just started like pushing buttons and changing her background to like put her energy somewhere wow. as she, as quick as she could, because it was so bad, bro. Did you that at least was, address that, it? Like you was like, what? of course, of course, that was the first thing I did. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was trying to, I didn't want, I didn't lie. I just came out with it. You know what I'm saying? And that was the, the worst at that point. I was like, all right, this is my all time low of like calendar mess ups. You know what yeah, I'm that's saying? That's a massive um, brain fart. 
Yeah, man, that was probably my that's like my worst, my worst ever, you know. Um, and that will never happen again. What was it ever? Was it was life. it a least a productive meeting? After that, yeah, it was a productive meeting for sure, for sure, without a doubt. After it was a productive meeting, but still, man, yeah, it was just yeah. I was like to this day, like I haven't talked to the girl too. Like it's been it's been bad. She was she was really mad. It was really bad. Bro. Send her like a uh, hey. Um, here's a here's a. I did that. I did that too. I did that. I did that. But like aside from that, there's it hasn't been anything. So you send her like a you gift card saying. or something like that, or I sent her like just like a note saying like hey I really apologize. What I want to do is like maybe like give her get her a gift card to like a massage time like buy back her time. Yeah, you know what I'm for sure. As 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 a way to um, say you know my apologies because. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no reconciliation with that. You know, you can't buy back time, like literally, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so that was, that was. Yeah, man. Especially my, just my sitting there worst. dormant with no, like, you're just waiting. That was, yeah, that was my worst, my worst ever, man. Like, y'all, please don't judge me. Like, I, I'm saying this as like my worst moment. Thing I know someone out there is like, yo, Alex is horrible. Alex is a horrible person. Y'all don't judge me, y'all. You know the funny uh, thing uh, is, guys. It's like so that the clip Alex is talking about. If you don't follow us on on social media, uh, we dropped uh, one reel where it talks about what is calendar what what is calendar etiquette, and you know Alex was like the star of of the reel talking about calendar and giving tips and. You know how to book meetings, discovery calls. Hey, fifteen minutes. Hey, two to three is my sweet spot. He's like, yo, if you book for four, five o'clock in the evening, it's just like disrespect. I mean, Alex, Alex gave it like he legit bodied that that reel. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So I can only imagine her seeing that reel or something like that, and then being like, and being like, is this the same dude yeah. who just did this to me? Are you kidding? Hey, yo, and cussing me off in their, in their, in their Slack channel, something like that. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? That looks so, so like, bad. That looks so yeah, bad. Exactly, man. And I just feel like a, like a nincompoop for for every time I see that, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I'm not perfect at all. I, and I don't claim to be. Mm-hmm. That was like my worst, like, you know? It's one but, of those, um, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a story for you, by the way, bro. I have a story What's for up? you. What's up? What's up? What's up? So, ah, man, New Year's Day. We, we haven't talked about it in a while. So, you know, New Year's, New- I, I did my thing. New Year's, I uh, was at Q Dog's crib celebrating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know you did like a couple's thing. You did, you know, you and the missus went to a couple's thing with other people yeah, and, it, and celebrated. It, exactly, yeah. exactly. I had a real low key, very quiet um not like very safe event mm-hmm. um and i actually b- bumped into somebody i used to play soccer with as a kid mm-hmm. you know and when i was a kid i actually moved from my neighborhood to like oshawa from like scarborough to oshawa, which is like yeah which is you know outside outside of the usual uh suburb or not suburb but the the, the town the city that scarborough is mm-hmm. So, um, after moving there, I found out that my coach had got arrested, you know, my coach had got arrested. And, um, from what I was, t- I was told he was selling weed, you know? So for all these years, I was like, damn, my coach got arrested and he got deported as well. For selling my weed? team was like, 
for selling weed. Oh my you know? god! So, so I was like, damn! Like our whole t- and this is the team that I've been playing with since I was like six years old. Like uh, the guy I met, we've been playing soccer together since we were like six, seven around them like them times you get me yeah young you days so, man young you days to like 13 14 so like this is like prime you know development years exactly exact so i'm seeing this i'm like damn he got deported that's crazy you know and through that i had like a whole grudge against the weed when it became illegal and the industry that's developed today because this whole thing has had him go get sent back and there it is flourishing no problem at all mm-hmm. you know so i meet him and i talk to him like man isn't it crazy what happened to coach and he's like yeah man it's crazy and this offer weed then he looks at me he's like weed <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah, man, weed." And he's like, he, start, oh, he starts, he starts Alex. laughing in your face. He's like, "Yo, weed." He's like, Alex. He's like, uh, <laughs> "It wasn't just weed, bro. He was doing some heavy stuff." Then I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" And then he was like, "Yo, do you remember people cu- pulling up and pulling away during practice?" And I was like, "Holy smokes, no." No. Wow. And I started remembering people like pulling up and pulling away. Then he was like, yeah, I remember our jerseys, how we always had great jerseys. And I was like, no. Like, you remember his house? We went to his house for to watch the World Cup. I'm like, his house was amazing. <laughs> and I literally like piecing it together piece by piece. And I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah. My coach was heavy in the streets. My coach was an entrepreneur. <laughs> He's moving. He's moving. Oh, he was units. a pharmacist, bro. He was moving units, man. And he, there was even little things that I, I noticed that, like, uh, we had like a lot of people that would gather around in, in games to so be like a like a festive event. Like people would come out and they'd be like selling fish, and you know like having patties at the side of the games and like it would be like an event mm-hmm. at the soccer game this is like a local soccer game at the at the park but like there's like 50 60 people there you know, and I'm like, it feels like very like culturally infused you know it's like back home you know everyone comes through uh you bring you bring the barbecue you bring the grill you know you got someone there like burning the corn you know the corn with like the pepper on top it's just like so exactly and you got like the the bread that they're grilling in nairobi we call it mandazi right you just mm-hmm. you just buy like one dollar. You get two. Someone's selling some tea on the side, man. It's just like that is home, bro. That 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 is what culture is, you know. And then you got the kids playing around. When I want to settle down later on, bro, that's the image I have. It's just like that's what living on top is like. Just people doing their thing, being happy with what they got. Most definitely, and. Then I, I, I deeped, I was like, oh, that was him laundering money. Wow. <laughs> Bro, how, how, like, were you that sheltered that, like, how did you, did your friend connect the dots? Like, I don't know how he found out. And I want to ask you, follow up to that is, were you aloof or did your mom legit, like, just continue telling you it was weed, it was weed, it was weed, just so you don't get a tainted image of what 
your coach was like as he was coaching you. Maybe he was a great man and your mom didn't want to tell you all the details. So you just don't, wow, he was like that and not expose you to what hard drugs are. Like weed is like the bare minimum she can tell you like as, hey, weed can send you back home to wherever it is. Weed can send you back home to Jamaica. Do you think that's what was happening in your life at the time? No, I think she wasn't aware either. She wasn't aware. Because I don't think she was aware either. I think they were trying to list like hush hush it, mm-hmm. you know. So they just said it was weed, but nah, everyone else knew. Like, I think if I was to ask any other player, they'd be like, yeah, it was this. Like, I don't think she was trying to like shelter me and, and keep me inside or anything like that. I think she, I think that's what they just told her and then she ran with it, you know. Because I actually asked her. I, I followed up with her and I was like, did you know this? And she was like, no, I didn't. I had no idea he was doing hard stuff. So, yeah, it was definitely them trying to like hush hush it and stuff. So, damn, yeah. bro. So all yeah. these years you've been thinking, you've been just holding in this rage, seeing all these kids. They sell weed. They got a slap on the wrist, and your coach, your soccer coach, gets got sent back home. Exactly. And I'm looking at all these weed stores across Toronto. I'm looking at Queen Street House. Always I'm like, look at this. Look at this weed store. How it's such a bro. You know, <laughs> and you've been wanting to get someone on the pod to talk about cannabis and building up that brand, building a cannabis a cannabis brand. I didn't know you've been holding in this rage, man. You you really know how to hold in your frustrations, then, man, because you've never voiced man, this out before. It helps the people out, you know. If it helps people, then. Like screw what I think and like my personal grievances yeah. and it helps people it gets to the next stage in their life so it's better to have that than to have personal grievances to, to, to just holding hold it in for all me. these years man yeah, so you gotta be happy at some point too man you can't be just be cheesed all the time oh man can't believe they did him wrong right and you're a young youth at the time man you don't know what else he was doing on the side too but for what you did know I'd be pissed too especially if it's someone close to me who was showing me you know, when you're that age, playing sports, it's more than playing sports. It's learning how to be a team player, learning how to be disciplined, learning how to show up, learning how to do a routine and giving your effort, time. right? And these are the people showing up on time, not not 45 minutes late for practice, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so these, these are people who like are molders of like young men, young boys at that time. So to see someone who I looked, who I can put myself in that position, be like, wow, that's coach. He's helping me like learn. He's putting me on game. And then growing up, knowing he got sent home for weed. And then I'm here in my 20s. I'm seeing all these guys get a slap on the wrist. Uh, all these rich families, their sons who go to Stanford, get caught selling weed. You know, their daddy has hookups. He can get them out of anything. I'd be angry too, man. You know what I'm saying? most yeah exactly exactly i gotta stop saying most definitely most definitely uh, sound like a new yorker man what a, what a new york yeah, not, I, i'm che- they don't say they say b a lot they say b, b they say yeah, uh sun sun let's go have fun in the sun sun they also say uh oh, no don't do that again <laughs> don't do that ever again that joke guys <laughs> that joke that joke yeah but but let's get into the topic at hand you know, um, you know, we came to talk about the top marketing things. We definitely got carried away a bit. I hope y'all enjoyed that segment. And now let's get into some of the top marketing trends of 2022. We prepared a little list for y'all that um, I think are, is going to take over in 2022. And that's not NFTs and Web3. 
NFTs, man, man, all this stuff, it, man. It's like NF, NFTs is what AI was in 2013, bro. Remember how everyone's like, yeah, it's AI, it's AI. You can build, you can get AI. It's like, yeah, you know, now it's just like an NFT, Web three, bro, man. Like entrepreneurship sometimes pisses me off, bro. Like honestly, like, why did I even decide this life, bro? Buzzwords, buzzwords, oh. man, buzzwords. It's just. It's so frustrating to listen to because if you're in the game for true, honest game, I'm like, I want to build a business to turn a profit and just, you know, serve people, right? But not to create a brand about talking about entrepreneurship. And those are the type of people who, like, I mean, look at what we're doing, right? We built a brand to talk about entrepreneurship. But there's certain guys on Twitter um, who, like, are are always on, like, this new stuff. But you can just tell that it's it's what's glitz and glamoury that is being spoken about and they build a brand around that particular topic at that time. They build like an expertise around it, but you're like, bro, you're not even about this life from even before it's popping. It's the people who are who were who start who start being about something once it's popping, those are the people like I'm like, man, are you really in it or are you just really in it because it's hot now and you wanna like be be voice of authority behind this particular thing do you understand what i'm saying most definitely people that <laughs> damn it people that actually want to uh, ride the wave yep. yeah people that actually want to ride the wave and not um be at the shore yeah it's, that's that's the the difference really uh it's 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 the nature of anything when when a team starts winning people are going to start cheering for it and people are going to feel say that they've always been there when they haven't been that's the nature of the game yeah. And that's why there's a lot of uh, new specialists coming out, new experts coming out, you know. But that, that's how it happens. And sometimes it's, it's organic. Like, when I started doing um, marketing on Instagram and Facebook, it was organic. I just fell into it through organically working with, like, with one person, then one person turned into two, and then it just naturally flourished, you know. But sometimes if I'm an artist, say if I'm Lloyd, for example, shout out to Lloyd, and I put my art on as out. I put my art out as an NFT, mm-hmm. pardon me. And then I get people starting to message me, hey, how do you do that? And, and they and it starts to organically build. Even though it's trendy, he could still be considered himself an expert eventually, maybe like two, three years once he's served a various amount of people. And that brings me to the question, at what point can you really consider yourself an expert? I think you're an expert if... Like, for me, experts always have some sort of credentials in some field that are tied to that. Like, you have some, you need some form base of, like, foundations of credentials. Like, let's say if you are in engineering, it's like, hey, I have, if you didn't go to university, it's like, I have certifications that prove this, 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 and that. I have been in this field for X amount of years. Like, two years, that's still amateur to me. Five years, that is like, okay, you're an intermediate. Ten plus years... That means you are a master of your craft. Like you're an expert at what you do because you have results, you have a track record, and you have people who can vouch for you. That to me is what an expert is. It's like, hey, you have the credence to what you're saying, you have the longevity, and you have people who back everything that you're saying. But if you're a self-proclaimed expert, it's so hard to take in what you're it, what you're <laughs> what you're saying as as true. So those are the things I look for to see if you're actually an expert into what you're saying. 
Yeah, no, nah, beautifully said. I, at first, I thought you were saying once you get like a credential, like once you go to school, I was like, school, that's it? No, no. That's, <laughs> I was like, oh my, all right, yeah, no, nah, you, you killed that. that that's for real. What the, the, being able to be vouched for uh, having credit by actually doing the thing, that's what, what we're all about, right? Mm-hmm. So now, let's get back into, we just got off topic, let's, let's get it back into what we think are uh, some of the top trends that's going to be popping in 2022. So number one that I have here is UGC, user-generated content. Mm. Um, this has been trending for a long time, but I think it's going to be even stronger in 2022. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because of just the uh, amount of ads that's going on right now in terms of being force-fed ads from every aspect on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Wherever you go, is going to be a is a surplus of ads. So having someone that actually speaks to you from a person to person perspective mm-hmm. is going to feel a lot more real than a produced ad. Um, and I think that's just going to skyrocket in twenty twenty two, especially with how TikTok is booming. You know, and one thing as well I want to mention is that from my my experience running ads. The UGCs, the TikToks, those are the new form of communication. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no longer just, like, having a picture with, with copy on top of it. It's no longer just having a highly produced video. It's using the TikTok formula to communicate, using the the crazy hooks, all that kind of stuff. That's going to really really get 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 people in all right you know what i'm saying so user-generated content right you said a couple interesting things here alex right so what we know of user-generated content is things that people who are customers of your business or users of your service they create content such as videos uh, it can come in the form of like reviews and etc to showcase that this service or product that i'm using has like you know, it does everything it says it does, and I can prove it because I've gone the extra mile to create organic content for myself, and I'm putting it out there. And itself, it acts as a marketing strategy for the brand, the more people that do it. Now we're coming into TikTok. You know, TikTok, Instagram Reels, like, you know, vertical video. This is like the new way of actually promoting. So go deeper into TikToks and how user journey content works for that. Like, what do you mean by... TikTok because from what everyone knows it's been that other way of just hey let me just create like a review saying how I like this product or showcasing a video and then the brand can search the tag of their product and they get the video. What is it about TikTok that can help people stand out by getting user generated content from there? The difference is the hook. The hook. The difference is the hook. What is, what is the like hook? The name when of the you game. say the hook, what the is first, the hook? The, the, the first three seconds mm-hmm. of the video. Getting someone to decide to pay attention is the name of the game. Um, that's where TikTok is dominating right now because they've figured out how to keep people hooked for a longer period of time. So having content that has a highly engaging first three seconds is going to dominate. And some examples of that is using the word this, the word if you do this, um, pushing on specific emotions, using pretty people, of course, is always going to work. So those are some of the tactics that are going to have strong hooks in 2022 um, and 2023 and, and going forward. 
Um, also, what I'm noticing, though, is that there's also models that's being used. Mm-hmm. So UGC is so popping that models are faking UGC for brands. Mm. So a brand would hire a model to fake like they're a, a user generating content. Um, not an not a, a influencer, not a creator, a model, plain model that, that's built to create content that looks like it's user generated to sell uh, ads on TikTok, on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if someone wants to take advantage of this, you're talking about actually a model. Let's say this is like a pretty uh, girl or a handsome man who's been hired to create user-generated content. Do you feel like it's accessible to the everyday person who has a online store or has a you know business that sells services outside of like online? Like go deeper into that because... This is where this is the new barrier of entry, right? If people are looking to get into like that space of creating models and like not creating models, but using these type of people because they grab attention, as you say, the hook. What is their access point to these people? Most great point. So you can access them on different influencer platforms or creative platforms. You can use Node. Shout out to Node. It's a client of mine. Shout out to Armin. Um, Node Node Dash app. Um, yeah, I think we have Armin on the podcast. Uh, there's also Billow in the state. Well, Armin's coming to the states as well. Noah's coming to the states. Noah's currently in Minnesota, um, but Billow is another one you can get buy a content for fifty dollars. But I would highly suggest you be careful. Uh, I've had some um, clients have bad experiences with Billow. Uh, there's also other marketing agencies that are hiring models to work with them, mm-hmm. like uh, Savannah Sanchez, I believe her name is. Uh, she goes by the social Savannah. She creates content for brands using and she has like a like a arsenal of like of like pretty girls that she has a roster a roster of girls so she gets like e-commerce products ships them out to her girls they create content and then they they ship it back to the uh the the owner mm-hmm. or like sends the content back to the owner and then the owner has that as ads or she run the ads for them yeah that's a that's a big game and even i'm doing that too like i we're doing that we did that with with transio mm-hmm. Um, a bracelet company. They have some dope bracelets, and that that's like the new trend going forward of having um, user generated content as a strategy and not just something they're trying out. So, so it's like a two play thing. It's not even just user generated content. It's almost like full generated content because it's actually not an actual user. It's someone like pretending to be a user to give that impression so people will look at it and think that this is something that they can get mm-hmm. you know so that's the real difference it's actors at the end of the day yeah and you also you know we had we are we're in the process of putting out a video on you know top 22 side hustles and that's a great point that you can actually build a roster of talent yourself and you can be a broker for companies for this talent to create this content for yourself, especially TikTok right now, because TikTok right now is what IG was, I'd say maybe 2014-ish around there, like where it's it, the algorithm is baked nicely right now, where everything can, the, the scales can tip to your favor easily. And that's what we're trying to do. It's, you know, we've been putting content out. One thing we're noticing, hey, we'll have like 3,000 videos, 3,000 views on a video. We'll have 1,000 of, okay, what made this video hot? Like, is it the hook? What did we say here that we can replicate and duplicate all the time? And it goes back to what we're, you know, in the top 22 side hustles, which we're dropping, uh, you know, in the near uh, couple weeks. 
this is a great way to actually get the pool of talent. If you have a group of friends who you know actually have, um, you know, good, you know, like they're attractive, um, you know, conventionally attractive, whether they're a guy or girl, use them and like be in the middle between the company and them and use this platform that you can master and learn about and you can build a great business around it. Most definitely. You can get, you can literally get some of your friends together and say, yo, we're going to pitch brands and try to create content for them. Mm -hmm. Study the study, TikTok, study how Instagram reels is working and create a business out of thin air. Literally people are doing this straight. You know, and thing is not every mom and pop shop who wants to get into social media knows about TikTok. Right, they're not as, they're not as tech savvy as these young kids in middle school, high school. You know, making these funny videos, and you don't want them getting a share of all the pie, right? If you're like, in, if you're a young guy right now, young girl, you're looking to do something in quarantine right now. What do we call it? Quarantine lockdown right now. We're in lockdown in Toronto. We're in lockdown right now. You know, if you're listening to this from in America or anywhere in the world, we're in lockdown right now. So this is a great way to start building a CRM of businesses around you. And saying, hey, how do I, how can I keep your business relevant right now and make content to promote your business that can, hey, potentially get 100,000 views locally. And once things open up, people can come and start trying your business out because you've been not been advertising. And with the more advertising we have every single day, you forget about certain things that you used to love because now you're attracted to the things that you do love. And I noticed that about myself. I'm like, man, I love that restaurant and I never went to it again. Because they didn't put me on their email list. The restaurants that I go to a lot, they always put me on their email list. And they send me, hey, we have this offer. So imagine like a small mom and pop shop. There is thousands of restaurants in your neighborhood. And, you know, you don't have advertising. You don't have revenue coming in. Go offer them a lesser form of advertising. It was cheaper, but with higher upside because now everyone's on their phone because everyone's looking at their phones at home. Most definitely. And that brings me to the next aspect of the top trends of 2022, which is whitelisting. I'm doing this with a lot of my clients right now. Whitelisting is extremely popular. It's very similar to UGC, but what it is is using an influencer or creator's account to have that ad go through their account instead of the brands mm -hmm. because people naturally react better to other people mm -hmm. like i said the hook is what the game is now so in those first three seconds if you look at it and, and you see hey this is that girl i love on instagram mm -hmm. this is that girl i love on tiktok you're more likely to stop and engage with that piece of content and this is the new game so on instagram whitelisting is branded content paid partnerships um, you know, you see that tick on your Instagram um, or that little label on your Instagram posts. Um, and on TikTok is Spark Ads. This is trending for the exact reason I just said. And brands are going ape on this. This is one thing that you can leverage, even if you're using it with one of your influencer friends. If you're a small brand just starting up, this is something that you could easily kill by having one of your friends tag you as a paid partnership. And then you can go in and put... 200 300 2000 5000 and scale up with ads that way mm -hmm. so whitelisting is huge but another strategy that i've seen with other companies is um whitelisting editorial content and i actually saw this when i was working at a media company um people people were doing is you can work with a media company that writes articles 
and you can connect in the back end their pixel. So that same advertising notebooks, um, I can actually work with, let's say Forbes to say top productivity tools in 2022. Mm-hmm. And you and Forbes can, can connect pixels. So there'd be a clear funnel of, hey, this notebook does XYZ better than the rest. And people can come through that Forbes article that's whitelisted on Instagram and Facebook to Forbes to your website. It's like a super hack that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to. And it really makes a difference. I've seen it actually in action. Um, and it's <laughs> actually in action. And it, it's, it's the truth. It's one thing because we naturally trust Forbes, National Post, Toronto Star, whatever star, whatever Herald, we always trust those news sources. But the truth of the matter is those are paid platforms. People work with them on a media basis. So you can easily reach out to their sales team and work with them to get business done. So that's a little white white hat um, trick that I see flourishing in 2022 because uh, a lot of people trust these people more than they trust the influencer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those a uh, paid partnership with so and so would you consider that um you know when whenever you make content and then you add a collaborator is that whitelisting on let's say on when no. you're on instagram no no it's not, not whitelisting really. that's not whitelisting because uh because you're not like boosting that you're not actually um putting money behind that mm. it's more so just like an, or- an organic post it's just smart collaborating is what it is mm. you know white listing is when you see like uh let's say who's a xor Rennie has a deal with neo financial so what they do is um xor Rennie has a post um go out on her instagram feed and she marks that branded content and then neo financial goes into instagrams or Facebook ads manager and we'll see her post and we'll take it off. And then that will get the money from Neil financial all into Alberta, Vancouver, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it looks like it's X or any post, but in actuality it's a Neil financial ad, but people will see X or any, Oh, look at this pretty black girl mm-hmm. talking about finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they go into Neo financial. That's that's the the move. That's the move. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, yeah. So then the two moves there is editorial and influencer. And what about lookalike audiences for for whitelisting? Can you create lookalike audiences from that? Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can. You can see all the all the um, information, all the data, and you can see who engaged with that and, and create a lookalike audience of whoever engaged with that. And you can even re- retarget people who have engaged with that post. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a lot more, um, it's a very strategic when it comes to using that as ads, man. So you're double dipping into the, uh, the influencer's audience and then building and growing from their audience to like get more fans. And, and yeah, and the influencer can can get a W from that too, mm-hmm. so to cut you off a bit, because um, they'll they'll grow sometimes. Like um, it happened with Stephen Den, where I think Wealth Simple was advertising, and they like snapped and like like went crazy. Do you remember when Wealth Simple was going crazy on on their their ad? Yeah. Like they had their ad up in on the homepage for a minute, mm-hmm. and it was just like giving them tons of visibility. You know, so it, it it can work for for influencer as well. And I've heard of influencers actually reaching out and asking, 
Yo, how? What did you do? Because my my Instagram is going crazy right now. I want to do that. I'll put some money behind myself too. Mm-hmm. Like, what were your targeting metrics? Like, I want to see how you did that. So, um, it, it's a it's a strategic move on, on both ends because y- y'all can both win from it. The thing is too, though, if you're an influencer listening, you know, make sure you uh have negotiate accordingly for that if they are gonna do that. Uh, it's important to license that out because they could just go and do that forever and ever and ever, uh, and and it's up to you to negotiate that you know you don't get what you're worth mm-hmm. you get what you nego- you get what you negotiate for real you don't get what you're worth you get what you negotiate mm-hmm. so let's keep it pushing the next one that that uh it always i see blowing up in 2022 is what we're doing right now video podcast audio audio and visual you know 2022 marks the first year that that YouTube has two competitors in the marketplace, mm-hmm. TikTok and Spotify. Mm. TikTok and Spotify. Well, Netflix is there too, of course, but TikTok and Spotify are growing significantly significantly right now. I, was, I don't know if you noticed this, bro. What do you say? I was actually looking at it. So... If you look at um, streaming services, like Spotify has, uh, you know, this is us 2019 data, but it's probably like bigger now. But, you know, Spotify has over, you know, Spotify is bodying Apple Music, Pandora, Amazon Prime Music. They are like a behemoth of a platform right now. And they've just launched video uh, about a month and a half ago for podcasters for video. Like, just take that in. And now with a lot more access to platforms such as Anchor, where if you can become, it's it's like Anchor is like the new YouTube for podcasters right now. Because A, you get the, the video, you get distribution, and you get video access to the biggest platform on Spotify. That is so powerful. And if you can kill it on that, it's it's like, you know when you see opportunity and you're like, wow, like there's so much opportunity where, you just feel overwhelmed because you're like, wow, like it's time to go. It's time to move. It's time to build. It's time to create. That is what Spotify is right now. Spotify is a goldmine with every move that they're doing and giving access to content creators, especially audio creators right now, because they're giving you all the tools. So with Spotify, you know, there's, they're showing one big thing, you know, that, Time on the app is everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, a lot of people are moving towards podcasts. Right now, um, Facebook is emailing us almost every other day asking us to put our RSS feed into Facebook. The reason why is because when once someone stays on the platform, they can continuously serve them ads, and that increases their revenue per user. And that is what the game really is, right? Mm-hmm. So what I expect in 2022, you're going to see Netflix come out with more podcasts. You're going to see Google start getting into the podcast game. You're going to see all the streaming platforms get into the podcast game. Stitcher's out here as well. So there's a lot of players in this game, and it's just going, going to get stronger and stronger. Amazon as well. Um, I just see it growing significantly. Also, there's a lot of plays that's happening with podcasts and it's i find it so interesting like one play i want to talk to you about which i found so interesting i'm not sure if you remember this but there's um, a guy adam i can't remember i think adam gerard or gerard adam, gerard Adams, gerard adam yeah. i think that's his name 
So he has a, a podcast called Leaders Create Leaders, right? And he created the exact same content and um, licensed it out to entrepreneur on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So literally on the exact same platform, the, the exact same content just got literally just copied and pasted it and made a bag. Wow. It's insane. You know, what, what, uh, Carl Adam was talking to us about in, in his pod was super significant. And what's going on right now is that the content game is literally just having ownership in the content to license it out to other platforms. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a big aspect of it. And then of course, having the the audience so you can monetize through sponsorships um paid products etc and etc um and i see that blowing up heavily branded content is another one like with what viv's doing with amex um branded podcasts are really blowing up into what's in the game as well with what they're doing with fred van Mm -hmm. um shout out to fred um like fred's listening for sure so bet on yourself fred bet on yourself yeah, man. So that's huge, bro. Anything you want to add before I move on? Yeah, I was going to add a lot more about Spotify in regards to like what they're doing. So if you look at Spotify, you know, they're the leading global platform for music and podcast consumption. And a fourth of their total revenue comes from uh, programmatic ads. So they shared that their listeners' daily life is surrounded by audio streaming. So this is through during gaming, in the car mobile, desktop, uh, smart TV, and uh, tablet and other connected devices. So one thing that they're sharing is that 18% of adults have been listening to more podcasts since the pandemic. And, you know, as this trend continues, like from working from home and social distancing, audio streaming is going to become more popular with time. And they're predicting that the total ad spent on podcasts will surpass $2 billion in 2023. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Take this stat in. Right now, according to Nielsen, 50% of all homes are podcast fans. That is over 60 million homes right now. 50%. 50% of all homes in America are podcast fans. You know what I want to know is when they're doing that study, what questions are they asking to quantify a fan? Are they just asking, have you listened to a podcast? Yes. Are you a fan of a podcast? Yes. But we don't know how repeat users they are and what genres are people most fan of. You know, one thing I hear a lot in just social settings is people love true crime podcasts. Because the experience you get from listening to true crime as you're walking through the day, if you're on the subway or the streetcar, is it's more, it's like an immersive experience because it actually triggers a lot of your senses and you actually can be more visual as the storytelling goes on. So it's like walking, like listening to a movie throughout the day. And that's why people are loving them so much because it hinges a lot on suspense as you're just maneuvering around. It keeps you engaged. You know, sometimes you can hear the same song over and over. How many more times are you going to listen to Certified Lover Boy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how many more times are you going to listen to the same tracks as you're maneuvering through Union Station? So that's why a lot of these uh, podcasts, especially True Crime, are fans. So that's what I want to know is within that study of 50%, because that's a, that's a huge number of, six, of 60 million homes, what questions are they asking to quantify a fan of a podcast 
No, no, no. That's about the true crime podcast. That it's always girls. Like, like a lot of girls. A lot, a lot, a lot of girls love the true crime podcast, and a lot of like girls who have nothing to do with crime at all. Yeah, it's like the most delicate light. What do you? What podcast you listen to? Oh, you know, true, true crime, crime, homicidal maniacs. Oh man, you know. <laughs> so let's keep it pushing. Uh, the next channel I see is actually very is pivots right off a of video podcast, and that's video podcast ads. This is something I see blowing up in 2022 and that's because of the ease of implementation production quality levels are going to be at an all-time low and that's because of the ease of working with creators to get content that they can monetize on different platforms and the reason why i'm specifically highlighting video podcasts instead of um just having that in video um podcasts before is because there's a it's a totally different strategy for um, advertisers for entrepreneurs that are looking to get their word out. If you're like a, a SaaS startup and you're looking to have your message blown out, you can literally use one video podcast that goes on a multitude of platforms. For example, if I'm a regular um, creator, you can have that piece of content go across Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, but with a video podcast so you can have all those platforms and then, then include Spotify ads, podcast pre-roll ads, SoundCloud ads, and other ad-inserted platforms all in with one piece of content. That's the difference. That's like mind-blowing. Um, and as well as you can leverage that creator's likeness in that way once it's negotiated properly and that influencer gets paid when once that influencer gets paid and once that influencer gets paid you get what i'm saying do you think that there's something that can beat that right now in the market podcast video ads mm, You know, the thing about podcast video ads, it's like if I'm watching a podcast video ad, that means I'm an engaged listener and viewer. If I'm going to, for example, like a Rogan episode. I was watching the, you know, two episodes with uh, the two doctors he brought on and I watched the entire episode. I was like at work on my laptop. I was watching Spotify on the side that when I was in bed, I was on the Spotify app and I was watching it. So the thing about it is that it allows the user to be prolonged over a two, three hour period, engaged listening to it, and they can actually recall the ad that they listened to and watched much better than, let's say, if I saw an ad on Facebook repeatedly. You know, for example, I remember all the ads I heard in Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I vaguely remember them. I won't say succinctly, but... If I hear the name, oh, yeah, like I remember I heard that very clear on Rogan and everything like that. So I can't really think of anything better than what you can hear on these ads, like audio ads, because I'm there engaged as a listener for hours. And it's the perfect time to actually listen to Joe Rogan or any other podcaster say, this is this product. You should use it. And if I'm a fan of Joe, I'm definitely going to go click on his link and, and pay for the for the product or try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. On Spotify, I'm a bit critical of their ads because I can tell it's like it's a. Uh, you think it's forced? A bit, a bit. Is it, because it's not really that. It's not a, a clear match. Like 
a lot of Joe Rogan's audience, like his predominant audience is 24-year-old males. That's the average listener. And they'll be like a Don ad. And I'm like, bruh, this is so far off. Like, this is where, like, this is where, uh, what's that blue pill? Not Viagra. The, the new Viagra. Uh, blue Chew. Blue Chew. You know what I'm saying? Or, or Roman. Get Roman. Or get Roman. That's where that needs to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's an on-brand ad. The mid-20 the mid Viagra, bro. Like, I never thought I'd see the day. I never knew, like, the young guys have erectile dysfunction. They, they don't have erectile dysfunction. They have porn addictions. That's it. Mm-hmm. Guys, don't watch porn, man. That stuff is bad for you. Facts. So these guys are capitalizing on these young guys. Man, that's the perfect ad to put into, like, especially guys like Rogan, who are talking about the stuff he talks about, like being efficient, uh, getting some extra leg on certain things. Man, that's a perfect ad slot for a brand like that. The most, <laughs> without a doubt. Most definitely. Oh my geez. I'm getting rid of it. I am nixing most, it from my, you know, my my ethos. I'm getting out. Of, who's, that, who's that rapper that says most definitely? Rick Ross. Most definitely. Most, most, most definitely. definitely. I was you thinking know, I was talking about chameleon there, man. Most definitely. No, no, it's not. Nah. Is it Ti? Nah, it's it's Rick Ross. That's what Rick Ross says all the time. He used to be. A, most, def- most definitely, you know. <laughs> That's how he goes. Like. Most definitely, you know. Most definitely. As a boss, as a boss, you just have to make the right move. You gotta get the right move. You know, you gotta get your partners. You gotta, you know, if I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm a boss, I gotta wake up in the morning ready to get it. You feel me? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. He had had MTV at his crib, right? And he's telling this story. He's just like, you know, I had MTV at the crib the other day. They're like, Yo, Ross, how how you get a crib like this without with one album with only one album out? I just told him the way I hustle, I hustle differently. Just film. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Bruh, (laughs) Rick Ross, man. Bruh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, he he walked out of a podcast. He walked out of the eighty five South show. Uh, and he walked out, bro. It was That's very boss, bro. It, nah, it wasn't a boss boss at all. This is I was kind of looking at Rick Ross sideways in this. So he, was it bad? Okay, maybe I don't have. Yeah, I don't have the data. Let me, let me give you the the context. So the context. it was eighty five South show uh, that he was on there, and he would be. You know, they were chopping it up about about regular 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 stuff. All of a sudden, he says, "Oh, you might have to use the bathroom real quick." He took a real quick bathroom break. And he hops up, he goes to the washroom, and like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So they're chopping it up, and, and mind you, they had set up the whole like uh, space for Bel Air, uh, the rap snacks, the whatever is all everything. And then he all of a sudden just w- disappears. Like he actually walks, you can actually see him. Like I looked back at it, and you can actually see him in the corner, just like walking off, and then. All of a sudden, like so the person, like a manager, comes up and is like, "Oh, yo, Rick Ross ain't coming back," <laughs> and they're like, "Hold up, what? Rick Ross ain't coming back?" And they had to like remove his stuff and like go start from like ground zero just because he literally just like walked off the set. Yeah, there was no reason why. That's what I was like. I was why looking at it leave? confused, like maybe it was a personal issue or something like that that happened, but there was no like. 
It looked, I don't know what happened. It was just so random. Like, he didn't say bye to the guys. It was just like, I'm out. Peace. And I was like, what happened? I don't, I have no idea. I was looking back and I was like, what? What happened here? I, but yeah, that that was something that, that that stood out recently. That 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 just happened in the culture. Anyways, guys, yeah, most definitely. Oh, bro, I go also, check that out. I gotta check that. Out. Oh, damn. Well, also, one thing most that was very noteworthy is uh, I am athlete. You know that podcast, right? Oh man, do you want to talk about it here? I'm down to talk. Maybe we'll drop this as a side conversation. Yes, you know? let, let's discuss. Uh, I Am Athlete has broken up, unfortunately. Yeah. No Channing. All, all, all gone. gone. So, it was kind of written in the cards a little bit, you know, that it was happening because you could tell that uh, there was... So, so a little bit of ruffles under the feathers going on in, uh, amongst the podcast because you could tell that Brandon was the owner and the other guys were not owners of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a very interesting aspect. Actually, man, it's such a touchy subject to talk about um, this happening. And we don't have much information, you know. They gave, they both gave their own statements about what, what their own uh, perception of the encounter was. You know, Brandon said it was kind of like a misalignment. It's not the Joe Budden moment, you know. But one thing that was very apparent was once the NASCAR deal happened, a split started to form where um, Brandon and more people were going towards the I Am am NASCAR and trying to make the brand bigger, where they were trying to make the brand more Mm -hmm. smaller, more of like an internal, this is just for the footballer narrative, the athlete narrative where it felt like Brandon was trying to uh-huh. make it a bigger brand. So it was kind of like a misalignment between the two of them, you know? So it, it was really interesting seeing how it played out. And, you know, I ho- this we're not a gossip podcast. We're not here to gossip about what they're doing. We're trying to see lessons that come from the uh, situations like this happening. Because it's not a Joe Budden situation where they, they're cursing each other out and storming off and stuff like that and saying, if I see you, it's on site or anything like that. It's it's more so of a misalignment between the two. But I'm curious, man, what did you think about it? Um, You know, how do I start this, uh, bro? I remember early last year, we... Well, I'll speak for myself here, but I loved everything I Am Athlete was doing. Loved it. Organic conversations, the caliber of content from a production standpoint was on point. It just felt very organic. Just the guys getting together, talking about real life issues and not afraid to be vulnerable. They had astronomical growth from, I think that was... I'd say around July, July, June around there, they, you know, they, they kept putting out content, content, content. They just kept going up and up and up. Then there was that one episode with Kyle Bush, the NASCAR driver and Dale and Dale. There's like, um, the, one of the, the black, Bubba, Bubba the black Wallace, NASCAR driver, Bubba, Bubba Watson, yeah, Bubba like Wallace. That. 
and I was gonna say Bubba Watson. He's a PGA guy, but Bubba Wallace and then um, Kyle Busch. I was actually intrigued with those episodes. Like, you know what? This is different. I like how Brandon is showing versatility. Then I started noticing, okay, this is becoming a reoccurring thing on the actual drop date. I was like, okay, I'm not watching this. Then they had the I Am Woman series within the show. I was like, all right, I support this, but it just felt like they were trying to do a lot of different things at once. Then they had the I Am Athlete Miami. They have all these different chapters within the show, but the one cash cow of the show was Fred, Chad, Chad, Chad Ochocinco, B Marsh and Freaky Fred all at once, right? And then they'd have the guests. That was just like the gold, the golden crew. That was just the golden goose, man. Like they were just eating. That's what got them there. Then they try to mix up all these other things, and they were just alienating their audience over time. And then I noticed, I was like, man, what happened to I Am Athlete? I, I, you know what? After they took that break, I never went back. And generally just because I was just like, man, I don't even know what I'm going to find. I'm going to get today. It's like, am I going to get Brandon? Am I going to get the women? Am I going to get NASCAR? And I'm like, you know what, man? I, I have other things to do. I'm not even going to go check for them. That's how I felt. So when I saw Pivot come out, I was like, is that, is that Freaky Fred? Is that, you know, Channing? Is that Ryan mm. Clark? This looks interesting. So I go check it out, and I see it's the truth. I was like, oh, did they all leave? Did they all whatever? Then I started doing my research, my investigations, and I found out what happened. And I could see it coming, man. I could see it coming. These other guys were not all about that NASCAR stuff. I just don't even know. It was so... The brand did not align with the audience. You go check out the comments. Comments are saying, Brandon, as a sincere viewer and a day one supporter of... I am athlete and house of athlete. This is great, but it's alienating the true culture, the true audience who's been here supporting you from the rip. And I felt that comment to the core of like my, my being. That's what I felt. I just felt Brandon was chasing the bag. It's okay to chase the bag, man, but you got to understand who's actually watching your stuff and why they actually supported you in the first place. Like if it was the culture, like black, men and women watching this show, watching black men be vulnerable and talk about real life stuff that you don't hear anywhere else. And now you're going to bring about NASCAR. Come on, son. Come on, son. Alex Witt, like for real, like this is, that's why. And, and I wish B B Marsh the best. Like I want to see, I am athlete continue growing, but I just can't be a consistent fan. Like as much as I was, that's why I was like, man, when Freddie T and all these guys went to the pavement, I was like, wow, like I this is what I came to I am athlete for is these combos. So and bro, I think Fred Fred was just like the, the nucleus of that group, you know. He had that OG knowledge that he he wouldn't say much, but when he speaks, it just most it definitely just and, I, oh, and I think that he was actually the first person to to make to make a stand with that with that um podcast because i know i noticed that he was the first one to, to go missing and oh yeah fred's not here today and stuff like that i noticed that from the jump did you, did you deep that i i booked that early i was like oh man maybe fred is busy with the kids or something like that that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. like maybe family mm-hmm. stuff yeah man it's it's sad and um it's just a, a lesson on, on you know sticking to to the the core audience I think, and, and making sure the the nucleus is happy, make sure the family is happy, 
you know, I think that's the nature of the beast sometimes. And it's interesting is that what I'm noticing from the Joe Budden, from the I Am Athletes, is that the original plan is, hey, we're going to go do our own thing. You know, we don't need those big corporations telling us what to do. You don't need these corporations telling us what to do. And little by little, the thing starts to become kind of like the corporation. You know, where eventually they're branching out to new ideas where things don't feel aligned. And eventually there's one entity telling the rest what to do. You know, and this is like a, a, a reoccurring thing, you know. But hey, listen, we're not saying we're perfect. We're not trying to chastise them. You know, we're just trying to look and learn. And with that being said, let's wrap up the podcast. We've been here for, what is it, over an hour. I appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Yep. No, man, I think we covered a lot of great things. Um, marketing trends for 2022. Uh, you know, you want to do a recap on Most that? Most def- MD, MD, bro. So the top four things we covered is one UGC, uh, two white labeling or white listing, three video podcasting, and four video podcast ads. So you know we just covered why UGC is blowing up more than ever, um, the power of white listing and getting the the hook in. And that's the name of the game now, video podcasting, uh, showing your face on video, leveraging YouTube to grow podcasts, um, branded content. This is the growth. Uh, we had different stats like Nielsen um, saying 50% of all homes are podcast fans. I heard another one that I actually want to throw in there that there's more fans of podcasts than listeners of Netflix, sorry, than watchers of Netflix right now. Uh, I might be butchering that stat, but it's something, this the, this the, Pin the picture of how fast podcasts are growing right now. And uh, yeah, lastly, video podcast ads. Go ahead. I was going to add to that, right? Um, you know, benefits of audio ads. Uh, you know, you get a high targeted audience reach. So your ads will be played to a targeted audience, you know, whether they're at home or on the go. Uh, you know, granular targeting means a better return on ad spend. And then, you know, it's also better to engage your listeners to take actions. And a report here states that audio ads have a 24% higher call rate than traditional display ads. And surveys show that 60% of podcast listeners actually made a purchase after to an audio ad. So this means that when people are streaming a playlist or podcast, they're highly engaged. So this is what I was saying earlier. And I wanted to add that stat at the time before we ventured out to talk about something else. And, you know, compared to traditional radio ads, audio ads have a lower, audio ads have lower costs and advertisers can actually attribute listeners to ad spend compared to radio, uh, you know, where you can actually do that. So with audio ads, you get in-depth data insights for advertisers to understand their campaign results better. And they're also more target specific, which yields a better return to the brand investing. So if you're looking to invest in this, this is a great way to really understand how, if you're looking to tap into engaged listeners, this is a great way to do it for um, for less money than you would for any other advertising. Not any other advertising, but towards other traditional Yeah, it compares to radio most, 
without a doubt. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that after today's podcast, let us know what you think and make sure to rate us a five-star review, if that's what you want, on Apple and on Spotify. You know, that makes a big difference. Leave a review, please do. And make sure you shop the, the merch, hustleovereverything.co. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, uh, um, on the website, so it's now the Cozy Pack. You know, we use the code uh, Winter Hustle on Shopify uh, to still get advantage of our deal over the holidays. And uh, you can still get the full set for $100. And uh, it's very cozy. Alex and I are rocking the suit right now, hoodie and sweatpants. You know, right now it's minus 11 degrees here in Toronto. So, uh, ladies, guys, you know, grab a pair and support the cause. <laughs> You're not, no, not just support, but like actually take in that. It's a, we handpicked these, um, this jogger set. It's super cozy. The, the cotton is soft. So. Slim fit, fit streamlined, so you're not getting that baggy like look to it. You know, it's actually you can actually go to the grocery store, throw on a a, coat. a what do you call it, pea coat or a bomber, and you still look fly. And you just wear a pair of Air Maxes or some Cortez or some Adidas, um, uh, you know, Yeezys or something that you're rocking, like just to go get get some a sandwich or something. It's a good look, and people will say, "Hey, is that hustle over everything?" Oh yeah, you know Alex and Owen. I'm like, yeah, 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 those are my guys. <laughs> You know, so, and then you tell them, subscribe to them, man, and send them a five-star review. And they're like, ay, 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 Most definitely. So, you, got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Spotify actually has five-star rating. Yeah, I just mentioned you know rating us on Spotify. Oh, okay. I thought you said only Apple, man. Maybe I wasn't listening. But, yeah, su- uh, support on Spotify. Without a doubt, at. guys. The hustle is what you can't control. So, control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. Peace. Peace out.